If you would like to appear on an episode of My Story Living with Lupus, you can contact us at mystorylivingwithlupus at gmail.com. Also visit us on our Instagram page and also our website, My Story Living with Lupus. expressed on My Story Living with Lupus podcast are each individual's experience. By listening to this podcast or reading our blog, you agree not to use this podcast or blog as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. As always, consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. She's a motivational speaker, she's an entrepreneur, and she's the creator of Right Side of 50. I'm talking about no one other than Sheila Smith. She's here to discuss life lessons. So you know what I want you to do? That's right. Grab your cup of coffee, your cup of tea, and if you're listening, late at night. You know I appreciate it. Grab your favorite glass of wine and join us right here on My Story Living with Lupus for Life Lessons with Sheila Smith.
afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Life Lessons by Sheila E., CEO and founder of Right Side of 50. I know it's been a while since I've been on, but there's been so much going on in the world. I needed to take a break to get my head right so that I would have something to come on and talk about. And basically, that's what I'm going to be speaking about this evening. Everyone taking a moment for themselves and getting their self right. Um, and while you're taking that moment and getting yourself right, it's also time to put into yourself. What have you been doing since this pandemic started? What have you been doing since this uprising has been started um, here in the U.S. and basically all over the world? Um Things are in turmoil. And if we don't get it right, it's going to stay that way and it's going to become even worse. What we need to be focusing on is getting ourselves right, getting our businesses in order, getting home in order, getting our love lives in order, getting your financial lives in order. Getting your prayer life in order. These are all things that matter, everybody. These are all a part of life lessons. And I think within the past few weeks and within the past couple of months, we have all been learning some lessons. The main lesson that we've been learning is stickability. And how much are we going to stick into getting things right? Getting a change Things need to change. What steps have you been making or what steps have you been taking to even make us make a change to even have it put forth into the political fights, into straightening out what's going on in the race wars? Um, so many things have been taken into so many different directions what steps have you taken to keep yourself grounded? What steps are you taking to see all sides of everything that's going on and to try to stay on an evil keel? I know it's hard for a lot of us because we've been faced with having to look with this look at this thing called race again. What are you doing to make things better? Are you getting out there? Are you marching? Are you protesting? Are you speaking? Are you doing things from the heart? Life has become so, so difficult right now. Because you have people that are looking at you and that call you a friend but when you are a friend now that really needs them, are they there? And I mean, I say that I'm looking at so many things now because from a simple post, and I don't see friends that will comment on it, but oh, I can see them looking. Yes, you can. You can see them looking. So you're learning to love people from a distance. Because you're starting to see that everybody sees the world differently. And everybody's entitled to their own opinion.
but let us have ours. Everyone matters. And that's the one thing that we have to start coming to, is that everyone matters. No one is better than the next one. But all while doing so, we have to learn to treat each other with respect. We have to learn how to love on each other. We have to learn how to listen to one another. There could be a main reason why someone feels the way that they do. But give them a chance. Let them speak. I come to you in peace. Let me hear your story and I'll let you hear mine. And let's meet somewhere in the middle ground. That's what I think we're missing. No one wants to take the time out to listen to the next person. You can't have a conversation if you're not letting each other listen or if you're not letting each other speak. That's the big part about it. My heart is real heavy right now. And I'm just basically, I'm speaking to you guys off the cuff because this is life lessons. But my heart is heavy. I heard that man cry out. I heard that man cry out. And it doesn't, it wouldn't matter if it was a white man, black man, Asian man, Hispanic man. He didn't deserve to be murdered. That's where I say we all need to treat each other with respect. I'm not going to get on a big rant on that because I don't want to turn this into a debate. I don't want to turn this into a back and forth. But just know that everybody's hurting right now. We're all hurting. And within that hurt, I'm asking you to take that hurt and turn it into something positive. Turn it around into something positive that will bring peace amongst the land. Me, I've taken right side of 50 and I've been behind the scenes and putting in work because they always say no one's going to work as hard for your company as you are. And I've turned right side of 50 into a nonprofit because my heart has always been with women. My heart is to help as many sisters as I can. And that is Right Side of 50's goal. So Right Side of 50 is still in the process of becoming a nonprofit. I have my paperwork from the state. But now I have to work with the IRS. And it's okay because I'm taking all of my energy from being hurt from being held down, from being told no, and I'm turning it around to yes. I'm turning it around to yes. And Right Side of 50 is a nonprofit which will assist women who have been battered, women who have been talked down to, put down, women who are homeless. Right Side of 50 will be here to assist you. Right Side of 50 is about uplifting. Right Side of 50 is about making women strong, 
making women stand tall, where we will be able to teach our younger girls to have respect for themselves. Hold your heads up high so that we can become examples once again, so that they can become examples once again to the generation behind them so that we can hold up our kings because it has to start somewhere. It has to start somewhere. What are you taking and turning into something positive? What are you doing? Are you working on your business? Are you working on yourself? Everybody, let's learn to build each other up, encourage each other, empower each other, and continue to come together. I have also been behind the scenes and I have a book coming out. That book will be available within the next month. I told you, I've been busy. I've been taking my energy and putting it into me. And that's what you have to start doing. Put your energy into yourself. Remain positive. Remain strong. Don't let what's going on in society bring you down. Don't. The book will be titled Think Inside the Borders. The reason for that is because there are some things that we forgot about that we wanted to achieve. We are so busy stepping outside the border, doing all these new things. Take yourself back to your 20-year-old self. What did you want to do? What did you want to achieve? Within this book, which is basically a journal to get you started on your way, there are some things in there that will encourage you and empower you to take a look back on your 20-year-old self or even younger and to help you and to encourage you to make those dreams come true. Because that's what Right Side of 50 is about. Right Side of 50 is a dream builder. It's never too late. It's never too late. And that's something that you all need to hold on to, that it's never too late to have those dreams come true. And I'm going to end on that note tonight. It's never too late to have dreams come true. This has been Sheila E., CEO and founder of Right Side of 50. I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Motivational speaker, entrepreneur, and creator of Right Side of 50, Life Lessons with Sheila Smith. To book her for your next empowerment conference, contact her at rightside50 at gmail.com or call 404-447-6897.
Up next, Frontline Hero, Gina Bryant. This segment is brought to you by... The Charlie E. and Minnie P. Hendrix Foundation for Chronic Illness Awareness. Giving hope and empowering those who suffer with chronic illness. See one, reach one, educate one to empower the masses. You can contact the foundation at 313-303-9217 or visit their website at HTT. P.S. colon forward slash forward slash C-E-M-P-H foundation dot com. This is a 501c3 organization. No one should live in lack. All contributions are tax deductible. A hero is someone who can show courage when faced with difficult times. A hero is a person who can help another in various ways. A hero is there to help others and gives them strength to go on through life. Yes, a hero is unstoppable. Yes, a hero is someone who decides to continue to go into work during a pandemic. We are not dismissing the doctors, nurses, surgeons. We appreciate all that you do each day, but especially during the time of the pandemic. But there are those that have gone unnoticed and are never recognized for what they do. I'm speaking of the cashiers in the grocery store to the dollar stores. I'm speaking of the stock clerks. I'm speaking of the medical assistants, medical receptionists, phlebotomists, nurse practitioners, security guards, the dietary department staff in the hospitals. The most important of all is the housekeeping staff that makes sure that The doctors and nurses have a clean place to work. I'm basically speaking of those who risk their well-being to serve others during the time of the pandemic. And we are recognizing one today. 
and her name is Gina Bryant. I would like to thank our frontline hero who we're honoring today, Miss Gina Bryant, for being with us. Hello, Gina. How are you? Good morning, Susan. I am blessed. Thank you. Gina, tell our listeners about you. Well, yes, my name is Gina Bryant. I'm a mother of four, a grandmother of 16, with my 17th grandchild on the way. Most of my life, I was dedicated to being a mother. I was married for 35 years and caring for my husband for 30 years until the passing five years ago. Um, also, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit nervous. That's okay. But, um, continue on with his illness it inspired me to pursue my calling to help others it also ignited my passion for life and pushed me to seek knowledge on how to take care of um, people of different levels I wanted to use what I've already known and it and expand on it I made the decision to go into nursing while I was in nursing school I worked as a certified nursing assistant caring for the elderly and inspired them to give me that gave me so much joy um it it excuse me i had a patient who was deteriorating in the beginning too and in the beginning and i watched them make a 360. with that it is it was a feeling of joy it brought uh so much into my life, and the residents began to think of me as their angel. We had a relationship of making each other feel loved and alone, not alone. My husband's illness began to worsen, and I wasn't able to finish my journey towards my nursing degree, but I still managed to graduate with honors, receiving my social degree in science and a certified in phlebotomy. After my husband passed him, 2015, I had a broken wing. So I decided to use my phlebotomy, excuse me, phlebotomy certificate and that I had worked so hard to attain. I worked at a plasma center as a donor technician as, and as well as a phlebotomy, but I wanted more experience. So I worked as a mobile phlebotomist. That job led me to a lab assistant. I continued on the path until my daughter began to have complications in her pregnancy. I left there to take care of my daughter full time to ensure my grandchild made it into this world safely. During this time, I still felt the need to help others. It always has, I'm sorry, excuse me. It has always felt like my calling. When the unexpected situation of my personal life began to come together again, I went back to work as a cleaning technician within an ER room, an emergency room. Gina, Gina, let me ask you this. Um, yes, what, what hospital do you work at? Okay. Well, I had promised them that I wouldn't oh. give out 
surname. Okay. Um, can you explain um, your job? What all do you do? Well, I'm a cleaning uh, technician, and my responsibility is to uh, keeping the emergency room clean and disinfected. Now, did you have... Um, this position before COVID-19 or during COVID-19? Well, I started the position in March. And at that time when I started the position, um, I wasn't really aware of the COVID-19 when I started the position. But the reason why I took that position is because of my daughter. Um, I wanted to dedicate my full time to caring for him because she's a school teacher. So I needed something that I could still stay within the medical field but help others. And that, so I that, took the first. That, that's why um, the job is important to you or does it go deeper into why your job is important to you? For you to risk yourself during the time of the pandemic? Well, once I found out about the pandemic, once I got in there, but actually it goes a little bit deeper than that. I've done all these other jobs as being a phlebotomist, a cena, and everything, which I felt that was a strong need of helping people. I had people's lives in my hands. And it was to carry on to help save their lives. So I wanted to do something a little bit more different of the ways that I could help. So cleaning and disinfecting, making it safe for people like you, Susan, with compromised immune system. And the cleaning the surface of the exam room is vital to stopping the spread of microorganisms. Yeah. And by me doing my job very well. Pardon me? Go ahead. Okay, and see, by me doing my job very well, it helps protect the patients, myself, my co-workers, who we call ourselves the ERR squad, fighting COVID-19 and saving lives. So it's very important because we are all God's children, and with this, we have to pull together, you know, because we have people that have so many great talents, so many things that can help and like I say, with you, with the, uh, a lot of people with the compromised immune system, they need to have a chance. They need somewhere safe that they can go to. Okay. What precautions do the ER squad take for potential or COVID-19 patients? Okay. Uh, the precautions that, uh, that we take, uh, when the nurses... Uh, have a patient after the patient leaves, the nurses will disinfect everything that the nurses, the doctors, and the patient uh, touches. And the room is quarantined for possibly two hours. And then after the quarantine time lapse, the nurses go back, they clean and disinfect the surface again. After they're done, I go in and I will go in and disinfect, clean and disinfect the entire room. I don't take any chances. I'm 
doing the walls. I'm doing every equipment that's in there, the floors, the chairs. I disinfect everything mm-hmm. to make sure. And they keep it quarantined again, you know, mm-hmm. for a while. They just still don't let anybody go in there. They'll skip that room. So we can make sure that it's definitely disinfected and clean. Now, Miss Gina, I'm going to ask you a question. And um, you never missed a day during this pandemic, have you, of your job, doing your job to... Actually, I did miss a day. Um, Actually, I just went back to work again. And because I ended up with a pinched nerve. I was scrubbing and I was cleaning. I was going all beyond because I'm the type where everything has to be be done. And I used to kind of like skip my my little breaks or whatever. I might take a little few breaks, put something on my stomach and I come back because this COVID-19 is very important to me. And I wanted to make sure that the nurses and the doctors and the patients have a very clean environment because it, like I say, it doesn't discriminate against any of us. Like we discriminate against each other. It affects everyone. And so I overworked myself. So they missed me dearly. They were happy that I came back and whatever, but I'm back to doing my same routine, but I know how to pace myself and I definitely still do what I do with it in my heart is make sure that everyone is safe. Now, Miss Gina, you sound like the type of employee that was never late for her job. Am I correct in that statement? <laughs> you are definitely correct. I get to work at least uh, 20 minutes early because I have to I have to make sure I prep. I always communicate with the nurses and find out did we have any potential COVID uh, patients that come in. You know, we communicate with each other so that helps me know what area that I need to start at uh, when cleaning. And I always make sure my wounds is definitely done first. So, no, I'm always early uh, 15, 20 minutes. If I'm 10 minutes early, I'm late. Were you ever concerned about your well-being going into work and doing what you were you were doing? No. I've always been concerned, but not for my well-being, because I take all the precautions that is necessary to make sure that I'm safe and that others are safe. I had a special friend that told me to keep my same energy and to spread my wings and fly. And that is what I'm doing. I'm spreading my wings and flying and doing God's work, making sure we all are safe because we're, like I say once again, we are all his children. And it does not discriminate against us. So I have to do my part, and I wish that everybody would stop focusing on the color of our skin, pulling out hatred. This is the time that we need to unite together and to fight COVID-19. It's a bondage for a lot of us, and 
people don't understand that that's more important than hatred. Is it something you, well, is it something else you would like the listeners to know? Yes, no matter what our top job title is, it's everyone's quality to it. We're equally, I'm sorry, we're equally important to help fight this COVID-19. We shouldn't use the COVID-19 as an excuse for hate against Black. This battle was already fought years ago, hundreds of years ago. And United States of America stands for the land of freedom, yet we are hating everybody. We are destroying what we built. And... This is not what we should be doing now. We should be focusing more on helping each other fight something that is actually killing us. And we don't have a decision on who's going to go and who's not going to go. It's taking all of us. Miss Gina. Yes, ma'am. Um, on behalf uh, well, you know, I have a nonprofit foundation. Did you know that? Yes, ma'am. I started uh, looking more and more on my free time or when I get stressed. I'm starting to look more and more because I'm more and more interested in how you're helping people. Your spirit, I, I think of you as a guardian warrior angel because you're helping so many people on so many different levels whether you realize it or not not just health wise but getting us all to think giving us all knowledge to look within ourselves and our hearts and to pull and unite together so I've been taking time and, and looking in there, and I just discovered it the other day. So, okay, yes, I want to. I started looking into that. <laughs> I want to tell you this: on behalf of the Hendricks family and the Charlie E. and Minnie P. Hendricks Foundation, I would like to present to you a Visa gift card for the work that you have done and still is doing in the pandemic. You are our frontline hero and we thank you. And this is just a small piece to show our gratitude towards what I call the unsung heroes in the medical field. So before you go, I want you to stay on the line so I can get your address so that we can um, send the gift card, the Visa gift card to you. On behalf of the Hendricks Foundation, we say thank you for all that you do. Thank you. That is such a blessing. And I'm continuing on. Um, I'm talking to different doctors and nurses 
um, to see if they can speak on different things. So I'm not stopping. I'm, I'm going to be out there and I'm going to continue to work and do different things to get people on board and get people to understand and to speak out that there's things that we need to know and that we don't understand and to be prepared for it. That is so correct. And um, it's especially needed in the underserved communities, um, in the inner cities of Detroit, Michigan, that we need for um, physicians to get into the community and meet people on their level and talk to people regarding their health and the precautions needed um, to combat COVID-19. So we appreciate everything that you do. Um, to my listeners, this is our frontline hero, Gina Bryant. We appreciate you being on today and if you would um not hang up stay on the line i would like to get your address so we can send you our token of appreciation okay yes ma'am and thank you so much this has been a blessing and an honor thank you you're welcome once again I would like to thank our frontline hero, Gina Bryant. Thank you for everything that you continue to do to help keep everyone safe. Because like you stated, COVID-19 does not discriminate. And to those workers who feel overlooked and underappreciated at this time during the pandemic, let me tell you guys this. There are those who may assume that they are being overlooked for what they do each and every day but especially during the time of the pandemic. I personally just want to let you know that you may be overlooked or underappreciated by others, but all of you have been handpicked by God. Thank you for all that you do. I am Susan Hendricks, your host for my story, Living with Lupus Podcast. I will see you Friday. Have a great day. And remember to tell someone I appreciate you And thank you for all that you do.